It's a recording. Get the popcorn. No. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. I'll take it. That was me this time, not Casey. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. I like it. I feel like we should alternate. Yeah. I'll do it next time. Okay. So, super happy, fun, exciting news. We have a guest today for the first time ever. How's it going? <laughs> Who is that? Who is it? Who are you? This is Chris, Chris O'Donnell. Um, like the actor, reference my movies. Uh, <laughs> NCIS Los Angeles with a George, or uh, LL Cool J, but... Who the hell is Chris O'Donnell? You know. He's right here. Batman and Robin. He's literally right here. Um, Cinnabon and Al Pacino. We have a fucking celebrity in our midst I need to do some research before we have guests on because I don't even know. So I'm like the great value version of the great value version (laughs) actor. Um, I thought you were the great value Lil Dicky. That too. Yeah. That's also a (laughs) fact. So Chris, tell me, tell me, tell me about yourself. So, um, you know, I am an avid, um, avid fitness enthusiast, but I like to utilize my platform to advocate for uh, you know, mental health transparency. It's something that affects a lot of us, um, and it's not spoken about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and this stems from my own experiences. Uh, started off really young with um, you know, a relationship between you know, depression and substance abuse, primarily alcohol, and that grew throughout my childhood and teen years. Um, and it really affected me a lot and I didn't speak out on it enough Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of times we bottle up our childhood traumatic experiences and they come out later on in life and um, you know right now we're at a very interesting point in time with so many things going on it's hard to figure out you know which way to look as far as just you know chaos and trauma going on in the world Um, so like now is a great time to come aboard and and share my thoughts about some of the things. I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah, when he says avid fitness enthusiast, I mean, his forearms are like the size of my biceps, so we'll just... His forearms are the size of my waist. (laughs) Correction. Okay? Like dead ass. It's because they're short little (laughs) T-Rex. So the muscle just is Just compacts in one little... Nice little thick... Thick uh, Thick boy. (laughs) Hey, demons. It's your boy. (laughs) Yeah, you have to broaden your neck up when you say it. Yeah, we decided oh, yeah. to like. <laughs> oh yeah, that was perfect. That's my new ringtone. I'm gonna record yeah. that one part, and that's just. I just repeat it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So also on this podcast, we have a Fetty Wap with us. No, we don't. <laughs> Listen, if you want to hear Fetty Wap, come to our party next Saturday, and um, you might hear him. You guys dead ass. It's he might like, come out. It's literally flawless. So dead ass, I actually met Fetty Wap. Really. Um, me too, he lives with me. <laughs> it was right after Trap Queen came out, and I was living in South Florida playing girlfriend, or playing, no, not, I wasn't playing. <laughs> I was playing you're, house. You're playing girlfriend. Hey, listen, we don't touch it free, though. I mean, we is, love all people. It was babes and buttholes. So. <laughs> yeah, there, we said butthole, we're good. We're good. Clear, covered. Um, I was playing house with my girlfriend, <laughs> and we were on our way to a friend's house in Plantation, Florida, and... There is this like three cars by a toll booth just parked on the side of the street um, on the highway, and we're going through the toll booth, and some dude comes up and he's like, "Hey, can you like drop me off the gas station? I need the, you know one of our cars ran out of gas." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, just hop in the bed of the truck and I, you know and we take him." He's like, "Hey, have you ever heard of um, Fetty Wap?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Well, I'm opening for him tonight. That was actually with you know the guy I was with um, and." Go take him to get gas. I'd never heard Trap Queen before either, and he played it. And then we pull up, and there's this dude sitting on top of a like a souped-up Jeep Grand Cherokee 
without an eyeball. And I was Shut like, up. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I watched the music video later, and that was Fetty Wap. So I didn't actually meet Fetty Wap, but he like, was stop. there. I was there. Yeah. I saw him, wow. and I got his voice from gas. Wow. So well, pretty tight. Fetty Wap is also on the couch next to you, yeah. in case you didn't know. Um, he he takes many forms. Lisa, <laughs> he being one of them. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah, After we're done with this, I'll make her do it for you. I'll sweater it. I'm sweating already thinking about it. It's great. But anyways, skirt, skirt, skirt. Back to the topic <laughs> of today. Go for it. Lead him. Um. Yeah. So I mean, one of the things I feel like that um I briefly mentioned in the last episode and our experience is a little bit different with that is substance abuse. Um. And one of the things I've noticed is um. I mean, talk, like you mentioned before, talk, it's not spoken about enough because I feel like there's this massive stigma that if you come out about it, just the way that people look at you kind of changes. So can you kind of talk about how you've navigated the professional world, the dating world, all that kind of stuff, dealing with kind of still recovering from that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give a little background on it too. Um, you know, substance abuse and depression for me was kind of like a chicken or the egg um, scenario. I wasn't really able to figure out which one came first. So I just let them grow together. And it got out of hand, um, ended up losing a cup, losing a friend, and then another uh, friend had another traumatic accident, and I just went down a hole. And um, from that, you know, I had a great support group. Um, my parents and friends pushed me to go seek help, so I went into a recovery facility in Arizona. Um, dual diagnosis, so I was treated for alcoholism and uh, major depression there, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, nearing 600 days sober now that's so. awesome congrats casey i know you have you have quite a bit of time yeah we we're just talking about it yeah. um i will be six months in five days wow that is a you get a very shiny chip you know uh, i'm, I'm just that. i'm just gonna make one and like wear it on my neck forever i think yeah just a medallion yeah you can even like put a little clock on it yeah i want it like super fucking yeah, big. It every every big, month big time yeah well um so Lisa, you're talking about the stigma that comes along with it. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. It's a really daunting thing to come out and talk to, you know, especially on a platform like Instagram um, or Twitter or Facebook, whatever avenue that we're navigating with. Um, it's really daunting because it's a platform where judgment is given and received very, very oh, often. So yeah. easily. We and talked about that too, mm-hmm. like how even we're like guilty of it, just like judging people yeah. immediately off after what they post. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. I do it like I'm just scrolling through my Instagram feed instead of working all the time. Like, <laughs> That's that, relatable, yeah. That is my I mean, if job. my boss is listening, I never do that. I'm very hard Insta- worker. Instagram? Is that how I say it? I've never heard of it. Instagram. Instagram. Is that what the kids are using? Pronunciation yes. correct? Okay, got it. Now, they, they're on TikTok now. Um, <laughs> what is that? But, uh, you know, it's something that the more that it gets talked about, and the more that you know, these words are used in our everyday conversations, the more that we exhibit emotional transparency is when we realize that there's a lot more people than we know that are in the same boat as us. Yeah. And it comes from a place of empathy where the stigma gets wiped away is because the more we're able to be empathetic towards others and be in their shoes, the more we're able to open up ourselves and it eventually will you know, get wiped away but people such as you know and there's a lot of fitness influencers out there um who are taking that leap one of my uh, favorite people is aubrey nolan um she is i forget which brand she's associated with but she does a fantastic job of speaking out about it and um you know just 
Instagram is a great avenue to reach thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are scrolling through their phones and hiding in the shadows with their emotions and sitting with them. And it's the perfect platform to reach people who are struggling. Yeah. Have you had any personal experiences with people who find out that you've struggled with some type of substance abuse and there's a different relationship after that or in the dating scene like people yeah. who weren't interested in because a lot of people our age are all about going out and partying that's and what that's, i was gonna say too like you're young so like do you have issues with that like when with dating friendships like anything you know i think the issues that i encounter are more in my head yeah that makes if sense anything. yeah um <clears throat> when i first came out of um came out of rehab and i'll just run through an example um, I was seeing this really my great girl, um, and if in hindsight there was really never anything wrong, but I started being paranoid that she wasn't incorporating me into you know certain things in her life because I didn't drink and because I couldn't participate, and that created an unnecessary tension on my behalf um, of my doing. And when I look back on it now, I realize that you know there are certain things that are totally outside of my control and the way that people will will perceive me um i have some influence over that but you know their actions are their own actions and i can only handle my own so just learning from it and you know adjusting myself to how people perceive someone who doesn't drink um you know the more they're familiar with me the easier they are around it so it's it's a working relationship between both parties but um the longer that i've had in sobriety the more that it just becomes a thing in my life that i don't even think about mm-hmm. um earlier on being around alcohol it could have been perceived as a trigger but now it's being around people with alcohol is actually one of the things that keeps me from drinking yeah so, <laughs> fair yeah. it's interesting yeah well if you come to our party next weekend you i mean it's like yeah. i'll never want to drink again exactly yeah. it's <laughs> like uh, you're around a shitty kid and you're like that's gonna for birth control for birth control for yeah, yeah. Okay, don't worry about it oh, God. like sobriety takes care of itself yeah um like these these hoes in this house damn right but yeah, that's cool. So tell me a little bit. We talked um, last week, Louisa and I talked about some forms of therapy that we use that are not therapy or medication. Um, so for example, like my art or for her, she was talking about playing guitar and stuff like that. Do you have things like that that help you with your depression and things like that? Yeah. Um, so I dabble with the guitar, um, play that a little bit. I used to be really big in the art, so I'm going to need you to um, kick myself in the ass in that department. I'm on it. Please do. Yeah, I'm um, on it. Right but, between the butt cheeks. Yeah, right in the butthole. Right in the butthole. <laughs> Just plant one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Talk dirty. Make me, Talk make me dirty. regret that statement. Talk, Talk dirty to tone. me. Yep. Oh, yeah. Lord. No, we'll have a, uh, we'll have a butthole drawing. <laughs> Man. Yikes, don't sign me up for that. Don't even show me what you're doing. Well, I'm going to send you photos. Lots, <laughs> lots of them. You already get my nudes, so That's I might true. as well send you these well. Yeah. You guys, mine will look like some piece of abstract art. Uh, <laughs> on our fridge. Well, Don't worry. Oh, this is a nice abstract. No, that's his actual. <laughs> that's a dog, actually. <laughs> that's blue. Um, 
But one of the things that's currently updating for me right now, and it's taking four hours to do so, is my PS4. Oh, um, bougie. Trading one addictive habit for another. <laughs> I like it. It's great. <laughs> I only play one game, Destiny 2, and I just sit in there, and I am on it for hours. It's but like, that's nerd shit. Oh, that's nerd. Like, yeah, that's nerd I'm familiar shit. with the, you know, Super... Super Smash Bros. and the Mario Kart. And okay, so... See, mine was Kingdom of Hearts. That was my okay. shit. Oh, you are a nerd. I was a nerd. <laughs> Don't even throw the nerd card my way. Listen, okay? we can, At least mine's like nerd. Halo. We can nerd. coexist as, as nerds, okay? okay? I'm not judging, but like... Lightning That's bolt. fine. Lightning bolt. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> You're a nerd. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even that, like, you know what I mean? In moderation, it's anything that can kind of get you out of the world for a second and just reset your head. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, a lot of times we look at depression as something that's, you know, very serotonin related. And you were talking about forms of you know, treatment that are outside of medication. Mm-hmm. And about 40 to 60% of people are responsive to, you know, SSRIs. Um, I'm one of them. You are responsive to them. Yeah. Like in a good way. Do they yeah. mitigate symptoms? Yeah. I've okay. been on, um, I've been on Wellbutrin now since I was... 19. I got you. So Wellbutrin was one that didn't have any negative side effects mm-hmm. for me, but it didn't really have any positive to mm-hmm. show. Um, and I fall into the latter population, um, the other 40%, which do not respond. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have negative effects yeah. primarily from um, SSRIs and just antidepressants in general. And that's because my, and there's a couple of different paths that depression takes. Um, you know, you could have a serotonin deficiency, which is seen extremely common, but serotonin more often than not is not the primary reason for depression. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times it coincides with dopamine, um, which, you know, having a dopamine deficiency gives you those feelings of, you know, worthlessness. Um, dopamine is a big controller of, you know, motivated action. So motivated movement, you know, the feeling of accomplishment that you get from getting a new PR, um, achieving a new goal, your dopamine sensors just go off the charts when that happens. So if you have a dopamine issue, then a lot of the time you're feeling a lot of lethargy. You're you know not eating enough, you're oversleeping, um, and your movement in itself is really slow, and that is my depression to a T. Yeah. So trying to find therapies that counteract your depression specifically mm-hmm. is the biggest name of the game. It's trying to figure out, you know, what tailors to your needs the best because no one is the same in this. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, some people experience panic attacks. I know you do. Yeah, I do. Um, it's a great time. That goes <laughs> along with the serotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, serotonin elevates, mm-hmm. you know, your anxiety, um, panic attacks coincide with it, and it's, you're not as likely to just be lethargic all day. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which experiences the sleepiness, the tiredness, so you're either getting a lot of sleep or no sleep. Right. So it's a very interesting um, thing, and just a concept to, you know, a lot of times you get doctors that are just pill pushers, so it takes a lot of research on your own end to figure out what type of animal you're dealing with. Yeah, well, to make sure you're diagnosed properly, too, because mm-hmm. I know so many people who have been diagnosed the wrong way and put on medicine to treat what they were diagnosed with, and that makes it worse, and then they get back to square one, and yeah, so making sure that you have 
confidence in the person you're going to and um the other thing too is with therapy like i know we can i don't know if you've seen a therapist and gone them but like it sometimes takes like three or four tries mm-hmm. to find the right person who's yeah. gonna click with you i mean i was one of those lucky people that the first person i ever started talking to i clicked with immediately yeah. and i talked about her last week and it's katie and she's fantastic and i saw her through um my whole college career i saw her for three years and she was great yeah and she drags me through the mud and it sucked but she was amazing and she pulled some shit out of me that i never would have pulled out if i would have not yeah. seen her so i'm really thankful to her but it is hard because you know we know some people who have tried therapy and they've seen a couple different people and they just can't find somebody that clicks with them yeah and that's really frustrating because honestly it is like a trial and error situation yeah. like i was on two medications before i was on this one before i found one that actually worked for me so and that's just because they based it off my genetics so my dad um had depression when he was in his 20s so they put me on what he used to be on uh and it didn't work for me it worked for my brother my brother yeah. um is still on it and he does great but for me it just didn't click so that's the shitty part is a majority of the time by the time you do seek help at least for me i had already attempted at that point so i didn't have time was not on my side like yeah. i was like done so that's the hard part is it is so trial and error based and you have like, it's a very long time span, but you have no time to actually yeah. do well, it. Well, that's why it's so important, like, we've talked about to change the stigma. Because the yeah. sooner you can get people to be comfortable with it, the sooner you can get them to find help, the sooner that you can start the process. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not starting the process after maybe what could have been a successful attempt. And yeah, you absolutely. have the opportunity well, to do Well, and like it. we talked about, too, like, I didn't even realize anything was wrong with me. I thought yeah. it was normal. Like, I had no idea. I thought everybody, like wanted to die like yeah. I thought that was a normal thing sounds a little aggressive but honestly like, maybe everyone was... in this room right? yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah welcome to the depression <laughs> okay can I just sit here and like turn the lights off and get under the blanket we don't you guys we're fine <laughs> nobody call 911 like think Look at our Instagram chill. story Chris caught us doing what we naturally do in Crack this house shit every night yeah I actually just walked in and they had the lights off facing the walls just sitting down it's and not, not true <laughs> I'm gonna get like we're gonna have the cop show up. Yeah. With, like, my mom's about to like skirt skirt. She's straight up. Yes, Anna, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. It was like a seance, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, seance. we were waiting for Chris to get here so we could sacrifice our virgin. Hey. Hey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Brad and Jay on that. So next topic. <laughs> Damn it! I knew there was a reason they were going for my bubble. <laughs> you know, we got to go big or go home. Okay. Um, another thing we're gonna talk about. Um, I always do that. I go to it. <laughs> Because um, I get nervous. I'm like, let's keep the show rolling. Um, COVID. How was <laughs> yeah. that? Because you, your job completely kept you at You're home, right? You're still not at yeah, home, right? So yeah. So my job went from, I hope no one is listening from my company. <laughs> <laughs> Just clicked for him. He's like, I said butthole. <laughs> my job went from, like, burning me out to I hate my life. Yeah, you were struggling um, for a little bit there. Yeah, it's... So I... Little background on my job, I call um, heavy, you know, ag construction dealers across the country, like think John Deere, Caterpillar, but all I'm doing is just calling these people on the phone all day. I have to make, they try to get me to make 60 phone calls a day. And I'm like, That's my nightmare. Yeah, it's mine too. Um, <laughs> and I live it every day. Um, so that's my day. And, you know, being in a workplace, you at least have stimulus around you, um, yeah. things to you know, keep your mind going. Um, you know, you had people ringing a sales bell, um, people, you know, telling you good job, like you're doing great, like keep doing this and you need that with this job. And, um, at home I have a bed, which is always a lot more appealing. Just calling your name. I'm like, man, 
that Tempur-Pedic so feel in bed that's Ooh. like off-brand Tempur-Pedic. Like, give me, give me that jump. <laughs> like, let's go. But I mosey on over to my desk. I sit down, um, walk five steps to the refrigerator. Um, you know, I've started not even drinking coffee anymore. Um, so that are you okay? My name's Chris. I'm depressed. <laughs> um, so oh, sick. Um, We're gonna have paramedics show up just with like, <laughs> fucking three like spine boards ready to go. Like these bitches gotta go. Like. Yeah, emotional transparency, but this is really for us. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, everything that I did was in one 700-square-foot apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to work, you go eat, you go take your dump, <laughs> um, and then you go work out. Lisa knows a lot about taking dumps. <laughs> like, multiple dumps. Dropping drop fucking Stanley steamers. Listen, we call her Poo Lou <laughs> Damn, Shooter McGavin's <laughs> left and right. Like, fucking draw! I bet yours don't last 30 minutes, though. Like, <laughs> no, I'm a high-efficiency pooper. Lou, <laughs> take notes! You should be taking notes. We're gonna talk offline about that after. I'm like, tips. I'm like, let me just rip my jewel and chug my coffee, and then... <laughs> rip my jewel! And then just loosen that bad boy up and get back to my desk, because oh. I got calls to me. <laughs> You could just make the calls in the bathroom. That's true. No, high efficiency pooping. <laughs> That's an aggressive move. Yeah, he just told us he's not in there for 30 minutes That's like true. you are. No, I, <laughs> it's, an option it's a core workout. <laughs> That's my problem. I can do more abs in the gym. <laughs> Maybe you'd be more efficient if you do more abs. <laughs> this is all on the Skirt! <laughs> this took a turn. Alright, anyways. <laughs> Getting that stimulus when you're just trapped in the same place over and over and every single day, it's really, really difficult. So, you know, doing things that mitigate that, that's when your, you know, non-medicative therapies come in, you know, the most. You know, when you really need to take yourself out of your head, um, because that's really the only place you have left other than your apartment is yeah. your own head. Um, and you know, getting yourself in front of the guitar, finding the motivation to do things because there's no one there to hold you accountable. Um, I know you guys were thrown totally off of your routines. You you created an entirely new life. I um, yeah, just about <laughs> died. Like I yeah. felt for each other for a minute there. I just about died. You guys like dead ass. I you were like structured. Like I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, fucking full sender no send baby. Like let's she was full. Go. I was no. Yeah, straight up. We were opposite ends. Like, yeah, that was like a massive switch flipping because oh, yeah. yeah, you military right? Yes. So you went from regimented mm-hmm. like to literally nothing. nothing yeah like I yeah no it was rough and I'm getting out too so it was the, even the added okay well we could give you some stuff to do but then we're gonna have to immediately turn it over to somebody else yeah. so there was really nothing because I was in charge of giving tours we can give tours when you can't have more than 10 people yeah in an yeah. area you know so what a nightmare and I continued to work full-time but picked up another job and then also decided I was gonna go back to school so it was lit. 70-hour work weeks plus full-time classes. Yeah, yeah but still, like, struggled, but in opposite directions. Yeah, like, definitely. Well, and then we never in a 700-square-foot apartment for you, that just sounds like torture. But I, I don't think I would have done as well. And I 
I didn't do too hot at the beginning, but I don't think I would have done as well as I would have if I didn't have them living with me. Because at least there was some type of interaction that I had daily. Somebody who was going to, like, be loud in the kitchen to get me out of my bed so I just wasn't laying there. Like, there was something. But for you... Honestly, you had, we, like, we, we talked about you yeah. even because um, we talked about how thankful we were to have people in the house. Yeah. And I was like, people who live alone like you, that's harsh. Like, but Blue, I'm sure, was... Blue definitely came in handy. So I've got a 95-pound pit bull um, <laughs> who is a blanket. Um, and... He definitely, he's my best friend and really uh, showed up for me during that time. Yeah. Um, still, still showing up, um, but, you know, he was just dying for walks constantly, and I obliged, you know, getting him out in like three, four walks a day, anything to get me out of the apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, my apartment doesn't even have windows that open, so I'm like, I'm just losing my shit. <laughs> um, so... You know, having that definitely, I think he probably saved my ass. Yeah. Um, big time. You know, it's basically like having a person there. Yeah. Me and him were having pretty, uh, pretty intricate conversations later on. Trust when, me, uh, that's relatable. <laughs> you're like talking to your dogs yeah. full on. Yeah. I'm like getting in the stream. Getting period. advice from my dogs at this point. Yeah, they honestly, give yeah. decent. I wouldn't say great. But sushi decent. does not no, don't yeah. get advice from sushi. She's a slut. Yeah. But you know, Bruno and Poe are all right. Yeah. Bruno and Poe are, like, the level heads. As much as they can be. Yeah. Right. As much as they can be. But, hey, I mean, something. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. And I'm a beggar. I'll own up to it, so. So, okay, so we have, like, COVID, and, Mm -hmm. you know, this whole year has just been a total clusterfuck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's so many energies out there right now that we're all absorbing, whether Mm -hmm. we're acknowledging or not. So Mm -hmm. you have, you know, I don't know why, but... I'm not even a big basketball fan. Kobe Bryant hit me hard as shit. Yeah. You know, just hearing the, you know, stories from Vanessa um, and the memorial services and all of the NBA guys coming out and just, you know, seeing everything, you know, you, you're empathetic towards that. Um, and then you have the wildfires in Australia, you know, coronavirus hitting, all the, the police brutality cases mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, the murders that occurred mm-hmm. and, you're absorbing that and then all the distress from you know the civil population of everybody going out and protesting and you want to play a part you don't know what to do um and it's a lot to handle so you're absorbing all that while trying to deal with your own shit yeah and it gets overwhelming and there's a lot of people out there that are going through this exact same scenario they don't really know what thing to get stressed out about right now so we just stress about all of them Mm -hmm. um and you know, just pertaining to the current um, state of the union, if you will, um, with all the protests that are occurring, it seems like this was something that was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're building up a lot of emotions, a lot of pent-up you know, sadness, anger, mm-hmm. um, rage, and just discontent with the way things are right now. Mm-hmm. And it was the perfect... You know, equation for a combustible civil unrest. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I think people right now are just trying to figure it out, and it's mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I know, like, I've struggled too because um, with like the police brutality stuff. Originally, I thought that my how was going to be like speaking out, like that was my how at first. But then I realized how draining that was for me, and I had to back off and kind of 
reevaluate how I wanted to like be present in the situation that's going on because that wasn't going to be how I could show up every single day like that was too much for me to handle um so then I backed off from you know being super physically um in it and went more towards like I've donated to a handful of different causes um we're I know in the house we try to do um like shopping local like black owned businesses we do that a lot in this house um just you know raising awareness um I have a lot of like friends that are LEOs um so it's really interesting to get kind of their points of view on things so for me that was the struggle is like I couldn't really figure out where my how was until I tried it yeah no absolutely and like you mentioned there was so much going on before this and personally for people like a lot of people like I mentioned last week nobody I know is doing great right now Mm -hmm. like everybody is going through something and I think this is a big awakening not just for civil unrest but I think a lot of people are going through their own type of awakening um and dealing with some shit because COVID kind of put them in a spot where Mm -hmm. they were face to face with themselves every day Mm -hmm. um trying to sort through some problems so I think it's absolutely important to make sure that you're contributing but like everyone's how and why and all that is going to be very different so making sure that you assess where you fit best in this puzzle um, to make sure that you're not really getting in the way you're not taking a voice away from somebody else who maybe has Mm -hmm. more knowledge and is you know going to shed a little bit more light but at the same time I think it really comes down to in the home and I think the conversations that need to be had, I mean, you mentioned it before, right? It's like yeah. with your family and friends who maybe have never seen something in a good perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who, if you would have told him four years ago that where he would have been and his view on it, um, a lot of people would have listened to his view four years ago and probably been like, you're a piece of shit and you should die. And somebody was able to speak to him and change his mind. And mm-hmm. now he's an active voice for people. Mm-hmm. So. I think the important thing is to go into conversations like that with the right mindset of I'm going to try and say this in a way that can get through to this person because you don't know how many people's opinions and lives you can change yeah, that way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you're totally right with the conversations. You know, everything starts at home. Yeah. Um, whether it's raising your children or, you know, stepping up and <laughs> drawing a line. Um, and that was one of the things that well, our family's battling right now. I'm not going to get too into detail, but, you know, got a couple, you know, members of the family that, you know, do not align with what the majority of the world, um, really most sane people, uh, would agree that are civil values. Yeah. And, you know, just trying to come from a place of love yes. mm-hmm. in those conversations mm-hmm. and not of a place of anger. Yeah. Um, it's a fine line to walk, but if you are coming from a place of love and addressing those family members, um, from that perspective, then that's you know the most important key here is you, know, you have these relationships in your life. Um, you are able to influence them the most above anybody else. And everyone has those relationships. Everyone has a family member. And if every family member started having these conversations, then that's one of the biggest ways this dynamic can change. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree with you on that. That's very, very major. Yeah needs to be talked about more yeah Mm -hmm. because i mean ultimately your family member is more likely to listen to you and they are some post on facebook Mm -hmm. that's getting them all riled up about (laughs) or something and we're talking about stigmas right now too you know stigma of mental health but there's definitely a massive stigma right now um if you're not speaking out about if you're not utilizing a you know a platform like social media and i you know 
I understand that place that people are coming from. Like, if you um, are silent, then you are taking the side of the oppressor. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most used signs I've seen, and it, it holds a lot of truth to it. However, a lot of people think action is making a post on Facebook, making a post on yeah, Instagram. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it's totally fucking false. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like we were just talking about, a lot of these, a lot of the changes are going to occur inside of a household. It's not going to change from putting a black box on your Instagram, although, mm-hmm. you know, it is, an action is an action. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take away from that. But, you know, a lack of action in Instagram is not, you know, speaking the total truth for that individual. They could be doing a lot more on that back end. You could be having those hard conversations with family members and there's a stigma that comes along with that, like, oh, if you're not speaking out, then you're a fucking racist. Or yeah. Something. And it's a really difficult place. You're like caught in between a rock and a hard place yeah. on this. Um, but you know, the more that we just vocalize, you know, that not everybody has to approach this in the exact same way, yeah. then we'll get rid of that. But Yeah, and that's like people don't want to go around and be like, I just bought food from this restaurant. Yeah. And you don't want to like, you know, advertise what you're doing, but it feels like at the same time, like you want to let people know that you're helping. So it's like walking that fine line where you're not like shoving it in people's faces. Yeah, to, well, like, I'm like, yeah, to me it feels like when, you know, like so when you see like a homeless person, right, and you give them a meal, it's like when people were showing cameras and those like homeless yeah, people's faces because yeah, exactly. they were like, look at how good of a person I am. Like, that's yeah. not why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not doing what I'm doing because I want everybody to know that I'm a great human. Yeah. Like, I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to help people out. So it's like by that line between like, you know, you can say, I just bought here, like here's a great restaurant, whatever it is, like just yeah. advertising, but I agree with you. Yeah. There's some people who posted a black box one day of the year and who have it. done nothing else, mm-hmm. and there's somebody who didn't post that black box, who I guarantee you is out there. Yeah. Marching, yeah, so. right on the front lines, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're advocating for, you know, everything right now, but they're not advertising it, yeah. and, and there's no, there are wrong ways to do it, but not posting to Instagram, that's not a wrong way. No, I agree, I don't think it's necessary to be, like, all up in people's faces about it, I don't think that's, I don't know, I mean, I feel like, because I have a really good friend who's doing a ton of research right now on how to change um, the system, like, that's what she's doing her research on right now is how to go about like we kind of talked about this the other day but like taking those tiers yeah and kind of working your way up to change the entire system politically yeah and then like in the um prisons and everything like yeah. the whole the whole nine she's doing all that research right now has she posted about it one time no but her husband is also like super high clearance so she can't right. post yeah. anything. so it's like you know it's not like she's not doing anything she's doing more than most people I know but she's not like all up in everybody's face about what she's doing behind the scenes so I feel like just because you're posting about it versus not it could that that has no weight in what's actually like going on yeah and you know from just to piggyback off of that you know she's trying to create a change in a system mm-hmm. and Social media is its own system, mm-hmm. and then you have the political system, and there's so much that can be done on that end, but in order to create a systemic change to a system, you know, such as, like, the political realm, and obviously your husband has clearance, so you can't really do much on that end, but she probably gets a lot of flack for yeah. not posting about it, mm-hmm. and it's a total shame. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live in a society that is, you know, categorized and stereotyped, and we all fall into them, and you're kind of 
herded or forced to make stances on things. Um, and if you don't, then you have these stigmas that are pushed against you. Um, and if you do take a stance on mental health, then you have a stigma mm -hmm. that's against you. Or yeah. if you make a stance on you know your political affiliation, then you have a stigma placed against yeah, you. Absolutely. And you know because of this, we create these images of ourselves that we propagate to society. We perpetuate a version of ourselves that we think will appeal to whoever mm -hmm. that we want to see it. Um, and one of the biggest things that I like advocating for emotional transparency for is that we don't have to live that way. Yeah. We can rip away these like masks that we're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, and if everyone did that, then we wouldn't have to be stuck between two 75-year-old white men yeah. for president right now. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't have to you know, be divided on every single topic that's being used as a political, you know, political just barter toy. Yeah, yeah. right. And it's just confounding to me, um, but everything starts somewhere. Yeah. And changing a stigma, changing everything, it all starts with a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's what it comes down to is... Yep. The hard conversations that you don't want to have because it's so much easier to just put something out on Instagram, repost it to your story, than it is to sit down and have a face-to-face -face mm -hmm. conversation with a human being and Absolutely. express emotion and mm -hmm. present facts. Yeah. 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 Who likes facts? No. What? Facts? Facts? Fox? 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 I, I don't got any of those. I don't got any don't of those. Facts either, <laughs> I make up my own facts. Like, yeah. Did you know one in four polar bears have committed suicide the past year? Did you know that... Um, um, one four. Did you know that Diet Coke has five times the hydration as water? Yeah, did you know that? I, I do. That's I, that's in my jug at the gym. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> you the heard it here, folks. on the East Coast. Everyone's like, Coke. why are you so veiny? Because <laughs> he has 22-inch forearms and all he's drinking is Diet, Diet Coke, Coke, baby. Coke. All right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's about our time. you have any parting words or words of advice? No, I'm just really happy I got to participate in, um, is this E3 of yes. Babes and Buttholes? Damn right, you gotta be 50% babe, 50% butthole. Would you say that describes 50 you? 50% babe, 50% butthole, 50% bro. There butthole. it is. I'm like, man, bear, pig, butt. Bear, bear, pig. Listen, we don't do math in public, so we don't. on that. I Anyways, um, what's your Instagram handle, Chris? Um, at CreeOD. C-R-E-O-H-D-E-E. -E. So, you know, holler, holler at. <laughs> holler at your boy. Slide, Slide into in the, the DMs. DMs. That's what I did. That's how we met. Find, find your home there. Yeah. Your home. You got to be creative, though. I think, yeah, you got to be creative. Yeah. Be creative in the DMs. Send me a picture of, like, a lamp and a couch and just move on in. Send them a picture of your butthole. I was going to say that, yeah. You, okay. you about to get flooded. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then Louisa's is underscore underscore because I got yelled at last time Lulu Angelica mine is the dot petite dot athlete and then our podcast one is babes dot podcast so yeah. anyways tell your friends tell your friends tell them <laughs> <laughs>